Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of Guyana Sports Pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. My name is Sean Guyani. Uh, we got a lot to get to today, uh, really a whole lot. Start off with those lovely Boston Red Sox, who on Friday night made history by losing to the Toronto Blue Jays 28-5. to uh, yeah, so we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the Red Sox. Um, yeah, we're just going to get to the Red Sox. <laughs> Cue the depression. All right, uh, Red Sox. Then we're going to get to even more bad news uh, involving uh, the Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant uh, trade rumors. Uh, even though it's like a month old, it was just reported on a couple days ago. So we're going to get to that as well. Uh, then I want to go over to Arizona and talk about Kyler Murray's contract. I've never seen an NFL contract before. This was the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, I've ever, ever seen a NFL contract, like, you know, reading it. Uh, and an interesting um, addendum to his contract. We can talk about that. Patriots training camp is opening up today or tomorrow. I think it was today. Yes, it was today. Uh, I'm going to talk briefly about what Matt, Bill Belichick had to say about Mac Jones. And then I'm going to wrap up the show with stuff on the internet and some girlfriend drama involving, uh, I don't know, girlfriend drama. Don't want to spoil it too much. Um, so that's that. Uh, let's just jump right into it, I guess, and talk about the Boston Red Sox. Again, Friday night, they lost... 28 to 5. 28 to 5. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I really don't know what happened there. Didn't watch the game. Couldn't watch the game. Wasn't at home. But, man. What is this? The box score. Ferg's just briefly. Uh... First inning, Toronto scored one run. I'm going to talk about Toronto's run scoring. I went 1, 2, 7, 4, 11, 2, 0, 0, 1. Oh, man. I, I, I <laughs> It's very, very obvious that this team just wants to go home. They just want to be done with this season. They have no interest in making the playoffs. No, sure. They played well last night against the Guardians. They won uh, five to three. I'm pretty sure it was five to three. Uh, but man, like <laughs> this team is checked out. These guys have no inclination to put up any type of fight. And they last night they won three to one over Cleveland. They seem to just not care anymore. They realize that they realize it is a lost cause, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Like, why even bother fight for something that you really have no chance of making? Right now, the wild card consists of Toronto, Tampa, Seattle. Those three teams look like the front runners. Cleveland's good. They may be. They might make it. Uh, from the Red Sox down, I don't know. Maybe the White Sox. Maybe the White Sox have a chance. 
They're at four. They're at five hundred forty-eight and forty-eight. But it's it literally comes down to Toronto, Tampa, Seattle, Cleveland, Boston, and I'll include Chicago. Baltimore, you guys are nice. You guys are fun team. Uh, you're not going to make it. So it comes down to those five teams I just listed: Toronto, Tampa, Seattle, Cleveland, Boston, and Chicago. I'm going to put Boston in there, but they're like sixth. So it's six teams. Boston six. Just based on the way that they are performing lately. Uh, in the last two series, so the Toronto series and the New York series before the All Star break, uh, Red Sox again outscored seventy one to seventeen. That is not good. It should be not. It should not be that wide of a margin. Like, I know I get it. Like the twenty eight to three five game obviously bumped it up. But say that was back down to, I don't know, 7 to 5. That's 50 to 17. That's still not really acceptable. No, you need to be scoring runs. You need to stop giving up runs. And uh, with this team, that doesn't seem like it's possible. This team, this Red Sox team, no, has to know what's ahead. They have to know what's coming at the deadline next Tuesday. They have to realize the owners don't seem to care about us. They're not going to make our team better. What's the point in even trying? Which, I mean, I don't blame them. I really don't blame them for thinking that way. If you don't have the pieces around you, if you know you're not good... It's hard. It really is hard to care, so I really do not blame them for not for lacking interest in trying to win games. It sucks that that's what they're doing, because here in Boston that does not fly. And people make it known. People voice their opinion. People make their voices heard. Like I've said before, and like I've said, like I'll say again. Ownership does not care. John Henry. The other guy, they do not care. The Red Sox, them, are their um, property. That's where that's their that's where their money comes from. That's where the cash comes in. They don't spend on it to make it better. They just use it to make it to line their pockets to go spend it on other teams. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, whatever fucking hawker team they own over in Europe. And they got to start building up that income so they can go out and buy uh NBA team. Because the Red Sox are owned by a company. They're owned by a company, not owned by one person. They're owned by a company. Fenway Sports Group. Which, by the way, uh, one of the owners of the Red Sox I completely forgot to talk about this last week. One of the owners of your Boston Red Sox called Boston fans racist as fuck. Who was that? LeBron James. Yeah. Who? who I completely forgot that dumbass owned this team. He's a part owner of the Boston Red Sox. I completely forgot until that was in the headlines last week. What a bad look. What a shit show. 
this Red Sox team is. This season, at least. I mean, last season it was cool and all. Trade deadline had their issues again, like always. But once they got once the Red Sox are good and as the season winds down and they're a good team, they're fun to watch. Mostly because of the fans. Once the when when the playoffs come around and you're playing the Yankees, that atmosphere is always gonna be electric. When you're playing good teams, it's gonna be fun to watch. So to hear that from uh, LeBron, first off, I do not give a fuck what he says about anything, no matter what. It doesn't matter what it is. His opinion is fucking invalidated forever. Uh, It's not true. Unfortunately, there are a couple bad apples out there but that doesn't make us all racist so uh, of course I mean Lowen LeBron he would want to just say that because you know it'll get like headlines it'll make his name uh, appear in the headlines and uh, he loves his attention we all know that we all know he loves his attention can't get enough of it so uh, there's um Another added bit about uh, Red Sox ownership. Uh, one of your owners calls the fans racist as fuck. I, I honestly completely forgot that dude was a part owner of the team. Completely slipped my mind. Or not slipped my mind. It, was just, it wasn't even in my mind. It took, it literally did not, I, if you asked me if LeBron James was an owner of the Red Sox like two weeks ago, I'd say, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, pro, like, Maybe I would, like it would jog my memory, but like, I I wouldn't bring it up on my own. So, in all of my hatred towards Red Sox ownership, it, I, I completely forgot that LeBron is now a part of it, which just makes it ten times even more, even worse. It makes it worse, a whole lot fucking worse. It is... It, yeah, it's uh, not. It's not good. We all know it. But I, I, I kind of wish that the Red Sox became like the Green Bay Packers. Cause uh, honestly, like I could see that working out. People love the Red Sox here in Boston. They, we would make it better as a population. Now, sure, there's going to be, like, general manager. There's going to be, like, a type of owner. Like, somebody who makes, like, the moves and stuff. Like, an owner would. But, uh... Yeah, th- this this team is a mess. They're so bad, and they're not playing well, that it's really not worth investing heavily in this team. Luis Castillo of the Reds. Go get him. And that's probably all you're going to get. You're not going to get anything else. First base, forget about it. Left field, I mean right field, center field, forget about it. Bogarts, every day just looks more and more like he's not going to be part of this team next week. Every fucking day. 
it's so blatantly obvious that he has maybe little interest in coming back, but more so that he knows that something's up. Cora knows something's up. And the whole morale of the team literally seems to be in the dumps. It's crazy. It really is crazy. And uh, to add on to just morale being down, Saturday, I think it was Saturday. I don't remember. Uh, I'm surprised I don't remember just because, like, it was kind of a big, important play, and I should remember. Um, Dan Duran, center field. Ball hits. Ball gets hit out to center field. Uh, he loses it, kind of like Christian Arroyo a couple weeks ago. He loses it in the sun. What are you going to do? It's the worst feeling in the world, losing the ball in the sun. Ball lands, I don't know, 40 feet behind him on the warning track almost. He turns around, he sees it, gives no shows no effort to go get it. The slow stroll to go get it. In comes Verdugo from right field, gets the ball, throws it in. Uh, grand slam for Toronto. So I'm thinking that it maybe was uh, in the 28-5 game. Yep, it was the 28-5 game. So that was Friday night. Uh, remember what I said about effort and how Boston fans... Hate it. Hate seeing no effort, lack of effort, like this team's showing. Uh, I'm surprised Jaron Duran is still on the active roster. I'm surprised he wasn't sent down. You don't do that. It doesn't matter that you're in Boston. Any other team. If that's been on the Royals, he should be sent down. If that's been on the Yankees, he's absolutely getting sent down. Not happen, not, that's not happening on the best team in the league. In your division... Which, by the way, you haven't won a series against all season. I'm surprised Jaron Duran's still on the team. I really am. At least on the active roster again. Uh, now that I think of it, really not that surprised because who the fuck is going to replace him? We have nobody to replace him in center field or left field. Actually, it doesn't matter where the fuck he plays. We have nobody to replace him. Sure, we got injuries. But we have nobody in AAA that's ready to play big league games, put up big league important numbers. We have nobody big league ready in AAA. The lineup on Saturday for the Red Sox, I remember seeing it on Twitter. It went leading off Jaron Duran. Christian Vasquez, Alex Verdugo, Xander Bogarts. French Cordero, Bobby Dalbeck, Jackie Bradley Jr., somebody named Sanchez, and Jeter Downs. Then Kevin Plowecki, who replaced Jeter Downs. There are three big league worthy names in that lineup. Three of them. Vasquez, Verdugo, Bogarts. That's a third of your act. That's a third of the lineup who is big league worthy. Everyone else, Bradley, first off, shouldn't be on this fuck team. 
Maybe the same for Duran. Maybe the same for Cordero. Maybe the same for Dahlbeck. Junior Downs, I don't know what the fuck the Red Sox plan is with him. He is not ready at all. But again, just like Duran, who the fuck is going to replace him? Nobody. It, this team is a fucking nightmare right now. And again, they won last night, 3-1. to one. Guess what? Do it again. Tonight, do it again tomorrow night. Sweep the series. Go into Milwaukee, who leads the NS- NL Central, by the way. Go into Milwaukee and at least put up a fight. At least put up a fight. Win at minimum one game. Win at least one game against Milwaukee. And I'm satisfied. Because after that, you're going to Houston, who's on fire right now. They're catching up to the Yankees. Actually, I shouldn't say that they're on fire because I don't know if it's that the Astros are on fire or that the Yankees are falling. They just put Stanton on the IL. It's one of the two. Either way, Astros are climbing. Going there, you're going to get swept. More than likely, you're going to get swept if you keep putting up the same. If you're going to put up the same effort that you have been lately, you're going to get swept to get Houston. So again, same thing as Milwaukee. Win at least one game, and that series is a uh, three-game series. Both of these series are three games. Milwaukee three, Houston three. After that, you're playing Kansas City for four. At least take three. Minimum, take three games. Kansas City sucks. And that's after the trade deadline. That captured a trade deadline. So they'll be depleted. They're shopping Ben Intendi, their all-star player. Um, I think there's somebody else that they're shopping right now. So at least take three from Kansas City. You got Atlanta for two. They're on a roll. They're catching up to the Mets. That's a two-game series. I don't know. I don't know. Baltimore for one after Atlanta. Uh, I don't know. Win that. Uh, then you're at home again against New York, the Yankees. Probably going to get swept. At least win a game. Please maybe win two. Please win a series. How about that? That's the next time you play uh, division rival, it's the Yankees. Besides Baltimore, the one game, the one game against Baltimore. You play the Yankees uh, August twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Yeah, do do good, do something. Then Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Toronto. Tampa, Minnesota, Texas, Tampa, Baltimore, New York, Kansas City. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, this second half of the schedule, I said it last week, I'm going to say it again. Uh, the second half is very hard. Not the hardest, but it's hard. You're playing a lot of good teams with a few okay to bad teams. You got Cincinnati's, you got Kansas City's, you got Baltimore, Texas. Otherwise, you're playing division leaders or division opponents. Who, again, everyone in the division besides Baltimore, really, and yourself, uh, is good. I mean, Baltimore, again, they're good, they're not, they're, but they're not one of the wildcard contenders, like I said at the beginning of the show. So, um, 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's really not worth investing in this team. There are just too many good teams that you'll be going up against that you really don't have that on paper. You really don't have a chance to compete with them. And that's to get into the playoffs. When you're in the playoffs, forget about it. You're not going to make it to the World Series. You're not going to win the World Series. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's this team uh, is not worth investing in at all. Uh, maybe buy a piece. How about this? At least get Luis Castillo. Get Castillo. I'll call it a successful trade deadline. At least do that. What's it worth? I don't know. He'll give the team. He'll give the team some type of hope. What are you gonna give up for him? I don't fucking know. It would have to be Duran. It would have to be a couple of guys in the active roster because we have nobody better to replace them. Maybe a couple of uh, prospects. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it's at the trade deadline next week. Is um actually in a week. So right now, uh, I just know that this team is really not worth investing in anymore. Sure, you can. You should actually invest a little bit, do something, but you can't go hard. You cannot, you cannot go and make a big splash. Because it's just not worth it. It really is not worth it. And the owners know everything about not investing. So they can back that up. But, I mean, I'm, as much as I hate the owners and LeBron James, uh, a lot of this blame, again, as it's, been, as it's been reported out there, or not really reported, but as it's been put out there, a lot of this blame does belong on uh, Bloom. He's taken the uh, Tampa Bay Rays uh, mindset of buying low in order for a maximum return. And that's that's another thing about Boston fans is that that won't fly. You go out there, you pay $200 million and more, really, for uh, maybe one of your all-time best players. Maybe one of your all-time best players. I don't know how far. I don't know what Devers' ceiling is going to look like. Can't predict that stuff. But... One of your good young players that you have the chance to lock up for the rest of his career. You go out there and you do that. You don't let him walk. You've done it once. You don't do it again. So that whole mindset uh, needs to change. We are not the Tampa Bay Rays. We are not a small market team. We are the Boston Red Sox. One of the original teams in the MLB. We should compete. We should be in contention every year. Sure, we're not. We won't. Everyone has their everyone has their issues, but you go out there and you fight, and you don't surrender. You don't give up. And that's what this team's doing because they don't have the pieces. They know they don't have the pieces to compete. They might know that they don't won't have the pieces to compete in a week. They might even know that they're going to get worse next week. It would not surprise me if Bogarts is traded at the deadline. Not at all. All right. 
That was a good rant. Actually, it was pretty good rant. I'd call that a rant. Absolutely. I just kept going. I really did not. I did not stop talking at all. Over the last twenty-five minutes, I just kept going. I just kept talking. I just kept spinning it out. But um, we move on now uh, to another topic that I might rant at. I don't know. I might actually, because uh, it's a little bit uh, hard, heavy hitting. Kevin Durant uh, wants out of Brooklyn. And uh, Jalen Brown is getting trashed by the media and his team, his own team. The Boston Cel- your Boston Celtics are trashing one of your best young players. So it was reported on uh, yesterday that the Boston Celtics uh, have emerged as one of the teams um, engaged in talks with Brooklyn over Kevin Durant. The Celtics made an offer uh, back earlier this month to Brooklyn uh, that included Jalen Brown. The way that I look at the NBA right now is that there's no, no there's no more long-term plans. You don't have a long-term plan anymore. No team has a long-term plan. It's a maximum of two years. Two, three years before a team can go from being a title contender to having to rebuild. And that's every team. We saw with the Warriors, they win a couple titles, they make the they make the finals, what, five years in a row? They missed the playoffs, they have a top three lottery pick. Sure, it was because of injuries. Yeah, it was more so because of injuries. But, uh, Another prime example is Brooklyn. They bring in Kyrie. They bring in KD. They're title contenders. They're top two at the beginning of each season to win the title. And now both teams, both players want out. They want to move on. We've seen young guys force their way out of cities to go and play with uh, other teams build super teams. It's more so the young guys with the exception of a Kevin Durant, a um, Kyrie Irving, Brooklyn, Brooklyn in general, with the exception of Brooklyn, um, that the older guys want to move out. But the young guys, it's where the concern should always be. And uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both those guys could ask to leave. Both of those guys could demand they be moved. That's why it's more. I look at the NBA as there's no more long-term plans. It's a two- or three-year plan. So with Jalen Brown being a young guy and Kevin Durant being an older guy that's still at the top of his game, a trade like this makes sense. Kevin Durant right now is a lot better than Jalen Brown. This, if they bring in Kevin Durant, I don't, I cannot envision us not winning a title within three years. However, the problem I have is that Durant is injury prone. 
So is Jalen. Unfortunately, Jalen is injury prone at 25 years old. He's having leg issues and knee issues and whatever the fuck he's having issues with. Kevin Durant, yeah, he has the same thing. Very slim. My biggest concern is his knees. Everything below his waist, really. I mean, the guy has no weight. It literally looks like you just walk up to him and tap him and he'll snap. But the problem I have with this trade is that I would much rather have the young guy be very happy with this team that he's playing on and not bring in a superstar, which he is, Kevin Durant's a superstar, uh, who will now be playing on what is fourth team in his career after jumping ship from Oklahoma City to go win a title in Golden State, then leaves Golden State, goes to Brooklyn, where they, everyone assumed they're going to win a title. I assumed they're going to win a title because they're that good. They fucking suck. You now watch out. You can come to Boston. I would not be surprised that when he leaves, because he will, he'll leave the Celtics to go play somewhere else, uh, that there will be some type of turmoil to follow him. Now, believe me, I would love to see a title come to town for the Celtics, but I want to see it with young guys. I want to see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum become a dynamic duo like Kobe and Shaq. I want to see them become that. I want to see them win a title together. We almost did this past season. We've gotten a little better this offseason that we should be at the top of the uh, league next season when it comes to winning the title. You just got to make sure that they're happy and that they're happy with what's going on in their team. And the way that the Celtics have been handling Jalen Brown, if I'm Jalen, I'm, first off, understanding it's understandable. This is unfortunate. Uh, for, unfortunately for him, it's not his team. It's Jason Tatum's team. Jalen's good. He has a very high ceiling, but it's always going to be known as Tatum's team. Unfortunately, there's no there's no other way around it. This will unfortunately never be Jalen Brown's team. It'll always be Tatum's team. If we get Durant, guess what? Not Tatum's team anymore. That might not make him happy. And guess what? He may ask for a trade. He may want to leave. He may not like playing with Kevin Durant. It may not. It might not surprise me that Tatum is now so used to being, as now the Celtics, he's so used to them being his team that when that title gets stripped from him, he may not like it. He may not. I don't know. That's kind of like the pessimist in me. Um. But right now, instead of worrying about a possibility, let's worry about the actual occurring player not being happy with the team that he's on because his team is trashing himself. Or the, the team that he plays on is trashing him. If I'm the Celtics, yes, you inquire about Kevin Durant. You see what it'll take. They're going to want a massive load. Don't take, the wrong, don't take that the wrong way. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> the Nets may want a massive load in return 
for Kevin Durant. But the Celtics have it good right now. They have it really good right now. And to just give it up to maybe win a title in two years, within three years, when you could win a couple titles over the next couple years, over the next decade, I'd much rather that. I'd much rather three possible titles instead of one almost certain, but you can never be too certain title. Absolutely. I love Jalen. I love Jason. I want to see these two play good. They seem like they have good chemistry on the court. Off the court, Jalen Brown, I think is Deuce's uh, godfather. I forget if that is him or not. You don't separate these two. In fact, if I'm the Celtics, I'm blocking uh, the Brooklyn Nets from my phone. If I'm Brad Stevens, who's done very good this offseason, if he wants to continue doing good, he's going to block the Nets to uh, not contact them, to not have them contact him the rest of the offseason until Kevin Durant is no longer a Brooklyn Net. So, uh, yeah, uh, another decent rant, I guess. Um, wasn't as good as the Red Sox, in my opinion, but I'm very passionate about keeping my players happy. And with the Celtics and the Red Sox, guess what? Neither one of them seem to be doing just that. All right, I'm going to switch gears and go to the Patriots. Um, this morning, or today, opened up training camp. And uh, Belichick this morning had his like uh, State of the Union address to the Foxborough faithful. Um, he had a lot of praise for Mac Jones this offseason. Uh, he's quoted as saying, he's made tremendous strides. He did a great job last year, but he's starting from a much, much higher point this year from where he started last year. His offseason work has been significant, and I think everyone recognizes how well he prepares and how much farther along he was than a year ago. Uh, it has been reported uh, this uh, past offseason that uh, Jones really got himself into shape. He's a lot stronger. That picture of him after the uh, national championship game a couple years ago is uh, not at all, um, I guess, what he looks like anymore, which right now, with the way that this team is built, uh, is a good thing. Get him used to it now. Because in a couple of years, when he'll be like, it'll be like muscle memory. He's um. That's when they should be in contention. Right now, this season, I don't know. What my expectations are. Record-wise, I'd guess maybe. Around five hundred. They won't be. They won't be under five hundred. They'll be above five hundred. But by how many games, I don't know. Maybe one, maybe two, three. But that's um good. That's good news to hear that. Bill Belichick is uh, heaping praise onto you because we've seen him. He's 
not a, he is a man of not many words. So for him to say that stuff about Mac Jones is good to hear. You want you want to hear him say this. You really want to hear him say this. You want to know that the coach is happy with what he's seen from his young young quarterback, his sophomore quarterback. That's a good thing to see. That's a good thing to hear, and that makes me feel good. It doesn't really it doesn't change my expectations for Mac this season. And if anything, I kind of expect him to maybe be a little similar to last year, at least stat-wise. Uh, I'd hope that this season he'll have more opportunities to um, throw the ball, especially into the end zone, because we saw it towards like the end of last season. It he wasn't really doing that. It looked like he was being held back from throwing it into the end zone, into the back of the end zone, um, running backs seem to be very prevalent in the last couple games. Uh, I expect them to still have a good, you know, I expect them to do good this season. Ramondre Street, Ramondre, uh, Damian Harris. I expect them to do good. Maybe one of the other couple on the roster. They have a lot. They have a lot of runbacks. Um, well, with Mac Jones, I expect his stats to be a little better than last season. You have a decent number one receiver now. You got rid of Nikhil Harry. That's a good thing. Um, I expect them to do uh, good. I expect them to do good. I expect them to do uh, good this season, performance-wise. Um, team record-wise, that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just like individual performances. So that's um, that's just my ta- take on the uh, Red Sox. Uh, not the Red Sox. Fuck the Red Sox. <laughs> it's the uh, Patriots. All right. Um. All right. Now, uh, I want to talk briefly about um. Kyler Murray, he got a new contract last week, uh, $230 million uh, for five years, four years, included in the uh, included in the contract was like a um, addendum of sorts. Uh, that's pretty much described as independence. It, Going to the article I'm looking at actually is uh, independent study addendum. He has Kyler Murray has to study material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game. Uh, he'll receive credit for completing his film study according to the contract, and uh, yeah, it also states that uh, Murray spends that the time Murray spends in mandatory meetings does not count and that Murray won't receive credit if he does not not personally study the provided material in good faith. The part that also kind of gets me is the, it was more towards the end. It was the, uh, while, he, while he's studying, he cannot be distracted by doing anything else. 
uh, like playing video games, watching TV, or browsing the internet. Um, if I'm Arizona Cardinals fans, um, I'm worried. I am not worried because, first off, I don't know if, like, an attention span it was an issue, a reported issue for Kyler. I don't know if that was an issue, but now that I'm hearing that it was included in the contract, and I, I, to be honest, I, it would not surprise me if it's like this for a couple other players in the league. Maybe not as high a name as Kyler Murray, but I'm sure that this is not like a first-time ever thing. I'm sure it's it, it definitely not. Um, if anything, the fact that it's for a player who's going to be making $230, $260 million, a whole lot of fucking money, whatever it's worth, uh, $230.5 million, yep. Uh, that should not be included in that type of contract. If you're giving a guy $230 million, you expect him to do the work. You should not be including it. So that kind of is a concern. That's a decent concern, actually, if I'm a Cardinals fan. I don't like hearing that if I'm a Cardinals fan. Um, that's, uh, not, that's just not good news. You, you, you don't want to hear that. That's concerning. You, they should be concerned, probably. Um, so, yeah, I just want to put my two cents in on that. All right, uh, I'm done for the day. Uh, let's jump to uh, stuff on the internet, and uh, got some got a story uh, about girlfriends, or a girlfriend, or actually uh, a girlfriend who did not exist. Uh, we 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 remember it. Um, I'm maybe not, but I do, because college football trying to bring that back to the region. Uh, Manti Teo, uh, 10 years ago during his, like, Heisman candidate season, uh, was Notre Dame. Uh, he made up the story of his girlfriend who died. Uh, the only problem was that she was not real. uh, Netflix is now making a documentary about it, about the whole ordeal, that whole issue, that whole scandal, I guess, um, it's going to be called uh, Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. And uh, I don't have a Netflix account, but I might just get a Netflix account just to watch this documentary. Because I think it's actually super interesting to hear in probably a lot more detail what actually happened, what made him want to bring this up, make it a story. So I'm very, I think I'm very uh, intrigued into maybe getting a Netflix account for just to watch this um, documentary. Uh, it I don't know when it comes out. Might be later this year. Um, and a couple articles that I looked through, I didn't see anything, but that whole that that whole story like captured headlines. People were super intrigued by that story. Like, it made, like, national news headlines. It made, like, maybe world news headlines. I don't remember exactly. But 
Um, uh, it, it, it's going to be a cool, I think it's going to be a cool documentary. I really think it is. And uh, with Netflix, they're struggling. So something like this might really boost their revenue and stuff uh, that they'll want to boost. But uh, I'm I'm fully actually intrigued into maybe getting a Netflix account just to watch a documentary. So uh, I'll, if I, I'm going to follow the story. Whenever it gets released, uh, if there's like a release date, I definitely want to maybe talk about it. And I might actually just talk about it uh, on the show when it gets released because I'm that invested. I'm that intrigued. But uh, what I'm also invested in, invested in is uh, ending this show. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening. We've got a lot to talk about today. A lot of uh, ranting. Had some good rants uh, of sorts. Red Sox was definitely a rant. Uh, Jalen Brown, maybe you're kind of a rant, but um, I just, I know that uh, stuff like that's what's going to make this show number one in the world. All right, that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening. Tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mother's friends and your friends' mothers, and I'll see you guys next time.